Welcome to Consider This, the podcast that explores both current and timeless issues of interest to the church. I'm Steve Broadway, and today I have with me in the Sunnybrook Christian Church podcast studio, Jim Johnson, our lead minister, elder extraordinaire Joe Ogle, Ooh. yes, and uh, Drew Henderson, youth minister and lead of, leader of our family ministry team. And uh, today we're going to talk about how we govern our particular church. Uh, how we go about making decisions. And the technical term for it would be church polity. You can think of it as how we organize to operate and govern ourselves. That really is what church polity means. And different church traditions have widely varying ways of doing this, and every approach, of course, has its strengths and weaknesses, which we'll talk about. But when it comes to Sunnybrook, uh, the most visible person is Jim Jim Johnson for several reasons. I mean, for one, Jim's— My, my apologies when, <laughs> so, when necessary. Let's get too. the apologies out up front. But, yeah. But, you know, Jim, as the lead minister, does most of the preaching, and so he's he's up front every Sunday. He's just highly visible there, and I would say for another reason, he, like many lead pastors, has a big personality, has a huge passion and love for the people because of Jesus, and so Jim just has a notable presence, you know, where he goes. He's a force, kind of a force of nature, I would say, and uh, for good or bad. <laughs> so, you know, so a guy like Jim can look large and in charge, and I think there are churches where that really is the truth. Sure. But is it true here? So the, so my first question is to you, Jim. Uh, are you in charge of this place? What say you, my friend? <laughs> Uh, just like like even I could tell Joe's was about to say something and about to say something as you were kind of giving that intro. I wanted to unpack the big personality part. <laughs> that would be an entire podcast all of itself. Yeah, I mean, actually, most people want to pack the large personality, <laughs> not unpack it. Um, you know, it's interesting because I, I, I'll to just get to the point. Um, I hope I'm not the one in charge. Uh, I, th- I think it's interesting how you even described it, that it probably is true when I think about a number of lead pastors of of, of ministries that we all are even aware of, whether that's Mark Driscoll uh, at Mars Hill and yeah. now it is new ministry. Um, you, you have these pastors that really do have a personality, and I think that's a good reminder that no matter what it actually may look like on the outside, um, I pray that the Jim Johnsons or whoever – uh, don't have a mindset where somehow they're in charge. I mean, mm-hmm. wh- and wherever, I'm, I'll be honest, wherever I have done that, I'm sorry. Like wherever I've actually either um, unintentionally, I, I don't think I've ever done it intentionally, right. just tried to act like I was in charge. That that really is not my nature. Um, for those of you that know me well, I think all three of you guys, I have a, I have a lot of deep convictions. I have a lot of crazy passions. Um, but the truth is I, I would not function well outside of a healthy team. I mm-hmm. just, I don't like that. I've never worked. Um, where there hasn't been a real healthy team. And so I've always been a leader somewhat on that team. But, I mean, I you know, if we could answer it really quickly, I am not the one who is in charge of this place, um, even when it looks like it. And uh, I'm not trying to be noble with that. I'm not trying to be um, – I, I think about how much internally – so Steve and Drew, you know how much internally I lean on you guys to get stuff done around here. So you would you would might even laugh at that question. Um, and I think Joe, um, who's now been on the elder board for a number of years, and I've really appreciated him in the in the elder room. I definitely have my opinion, but I sure hope it doesn't come across like I'm the one in charge. So yeah, and I I wanted to just address the per, the potential yeah, or the perception no, of yep. that up front yep. because yep. if you're not part of the behind the scenes processes that go on. And we are a highly collaborative, fairly egalitarian organization, I would say internally. Yeah. Uh, but but you don't get to see that if you're not part of it. All you see is you know what you would see on a Sunday or in the lobby or, or whenever it is you're there. 
Um, any any other perspective on that particular? I mean, we don't need to. And it doesn't have to be about me. It can be it about the lead does. guy, so to speak. So yeah, exactly. I think a lot of uh, why people might think that just says on a practical level, you know, who would actually be the one that's like you said, Steve, up in front? Who would be the one that's leading in you know staff areas and different things like this? That would typically be Jim, but not only Jim. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So there are many different other teams and ministry staff level that that are uh led by many different people so uh, i think on a practical level the answer is no he's not the he is the main leader but not the only leader so even the lead sled dog has somebody behind sure you know, kind of yeah. guiding where you go mm-hmm. for us it's it's the holy spirit and the elders and yeah you know yeah yeah perspective i do I, you know i was going to say um you know and 2017 in America with dozens and dozens of news channels anytime you see what appears to be an organization is that there's you know a leader of that organization I think people kind of compare it to a business or a corporation or even the way our government is run and so in all those instances there's there's somebody in charge but there's something that we always have to remember that a church isn't a business or a corporation or a government um, it is uh, the body of Christ, and as such, Christ is the head of our church. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to make a joke earlier. You know, I help out in kids' church, which is kindergarten through fifth grade, and you know, almost the joke is almost any question you ask, the answer of the kids is Jesus, <laughs> and that's really true. Who's in charge of the church? Yeah, and that's Jesus, yeah. and he exercises his uh, authority over the church by. Uh, the actions of the elders and the staff and the governance that's put in place. Um, we think we think not about, and this may get into a later question, but we think not about, you know, what is our will, but what is the will of Christ that we can uh, impart upon um, whatever the decision is of the day. And I never feel like I have the, the – that's where in the end I – it seems like such a dumb question to me, even though I get why people are asking it, because – Man, I just feel like without Christ leading, um, I have really nothing to lead for or on. Mm-hmm. So I definitely hope I'm always held in submission to, to Jesus, as Joe just described. I had something to say about that, and I forgot, so we're going to edit that part out. <laughs> <laughs> or not oh, leave it in. What was it? We might leave it in. Okay, well, we, we, we can move on. Oh, I know what it was. I was going to say that, that from my perspective um, – that you have done a, a great job of culture building internally. Like I look at our internal culture, and I do attribute a lot of that, the positive aspects of that, and some of and some of the downside. Some of the downside. I wish I could just take the upside, but I think I need to take both. But versus being in charge, I would say you've kind of set the pace and set the tone, and created the context, which is different than is Jim making all the decisions. Yeah, I, right? but I'll, yeah, I, I hear you. But let me tell you this too. I mean, I. From my perspective, I wish you guys could see how much you guys do that. Sure. Like, I think I'll, I'll use this just because he's right beside me, but, you know, it really has been an incredible joy. We've added, we added a number of elders year just a few years ago, and Joe was on that. Mm-hmm. And I just remember my first conversation with Joe and some p- particular interests and passions that he had. And I knew it was going to shape me. I knew it was going to mm-hmm. shape us. I knew it was going to shape our church. And so it's, you're right, the, the, the larger personalities kind of maybe – uh, it's easier to recognize them. And so I, I guess in some sense that is me. I just hope you guys can see, and our church can see, honestly, just how many of uh, how many of the staff and the elders are also, and even some of our key leaders, 
are involved in shaping that. Well, and our hearts are, are, and our attitudes are very closely aligned. So when it can, comes to things like grace, trust, and freedom, which we hold up as virtues, virtues that we pursue and extend and embrace, uh, we're very much in unity about all of that, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is a good thing. One thing also kind of from the perspective of the elders as a group is Jim, as the lead pastor, is a member of the group of men that are elders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that that's useful in that he is able to communicate effectively uh, what the programming is and what items that we need to be aware of with respect to the church. But there's also an accountability piece between the elders and Jim as the lead pastor. And we all take that responsibility very seriously. I mean, there's yeah. a biblical basis yep. for yep. how the church is governed and led, and um, there's you know a, a collaborative communication element that goes with that. But in the end, there's a huge responsibility, and for Jim, but for all of us, an accountability too. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Well, let's uh, let's talk another question. Okay, that that one was good. Um, I was talking to you, Jim, in late 2005 when I was contemplating joining the staff, and it's amazing that it's been that long. At Chili's, I still. Do you remember that? Yeah, across the table. Yeah, across the table, Chili's. And uh, you weren't sitting next to each other. No. Okay, <laughs> that'd be kind of yeah. That'd be a little creepy. Across from each other, it'd be good. But the question of church governance was important to me. The, the church had gone through uh, some tumult, some tumult, tumultuous times a year or two before we were having this conversation, and yep. I was just curious. Uh, and I had been a part of other churches where I saw particularly particular models of leadership and decision making that um, I had concerns about because honestly, in those situations, I thought way too much uh, decision making authority was invested in a single guy. And it had actually looked to me like it had been orchestrated to be that way. Yeah. And then the baton had been passed, even in, in one case, from one guy to the next with that same model. And it, it just it just wasn't healthy. Uh, so I asked you, like, how what is what does church government look like at Sunnybrook? And I'll never forget um, what you told me. You said it was we're staff led, elder protected. I'd never heard that before. And uh, I, I, I reflected on that for a while. And I thought, OK, I really I really, really like that. Because the the staff is here every day, and it would be yep. difficult to lead if you're not here. But how do you how do you protect the church from you know a staff going crazy or a lead pastor or whatever? Sure. And so the fact that the elders are there to protect uh, it was very comforting to me, and was a big part of my willingness to, to join the staff. So yep. so what what are we saying when we say staff led elder protected, and what and kind of what are we not saying when we say that? So anybody who wants to who wants to take the lead on I'll that? jump in. Why don't you jump in <clears> on that one? Yeah, please do. And you, I think you, you set it up very, very well, Steve. And you said the staff is here every day. They're having meetings and conversations. There's everything from the creative arts group to the programming to each individual ministry from family ministry team to um, uh, college and, and adult and everything else. And so uh, as far as the day-to-day planning and the operation, uh, the staff through Jim's leadership and the leadership of each of the ministers in their individual area that they serve – they're leading that. Um, and then as you also very, very clearly said, that that is overseen by the elders. So it's our responsibility as a group of elders yeah. to make sure that the direction, the leadership, the oversight of um, 
what we are doing as a church is number one uh, true to the biblical principles with which we uh, subscribe and two uh, is uh, as we feel led by the Holy Spirit and so um, that's the purpose of our bi-monthly meetings that we have as elders as elders with Jim and oftentimes we have uh, a member of the staff come and just it's not a it's not a time to you know put anybody under the microscope as far as what they're doing and what they're accomplishing but it's it's just our desire to be aware of what is going on in each individual's ministry that works here, that's on staff here, and specifically so that we can pray for that ministry, so we can pray for them and their family, anything that's going on in their life from a personal perspective to is there anything about your ministry that we can help with? Uh, One thing that's really, really encouraging here at Sunnybrook is virtually all, not virtually, actually all (laughs) of the elders serve in some area of the church, in some ministry, as a volunteer, whether that's missions or in kids' church or teaching a Sunday school class yeah. or, you know, whatever the case They're may be. Something. So, um, you know, it's really important for us to, A, be aware of what is happening in each individual's ministry, but also how can we pray and how can we help and how can we uh, support your efforts, their efforts in that ministry. Mm-hmm. I think that staff-led elder protected um, seems like sometimes as the church grows larger it seems like the model that churches typically gravitate to is you have more staff as there's uh we talked about earlier grace trust and freedom um that the leadership whether that be elders deacons whatever leadership is is set up within the church would would trust that those people who are leading in the church who are leading specific ministries uh, would be able to lead those ministries well. I think uh, where people sometimes struggle with this, and I think even right, rightly so, is when there's not that trust. There has to be yes. a huge amount of trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was talking to, had a conversation just a few weeks ago with a guy about a situation in his church, and he was talking about uh, some of the good parts of their church, some of the frustrations, but it was like we had one, he, he was talking about how they had one church credit card. And like everyone had to go check it out, like it was a library card or something like that. And it, he's like, it's so miserable. crazy just to get something done and just to have something for your ministry, you have to go through all this to get mm-hmm. it. And so I just said, so who was it that was stealing from the church? And <laughs> you know, that doesn't happen accidentally. But yeah. your, your point was that says a story. If there's one credit card, <laughs> there's a story behind why that's the yeah. case. And he was right. like, well, it was like two people did. And so this is why we had this. So the lack of trust obviously yeah. uh leads to you know situations like this at times so uh obviously has to be a high level of trust between the leadership staff um and uh as jim as an elder like not that we have no accountability with the other elders we have accountability with jim as like our lead pastor but also with the rest of the elders but i think there is uh again like a, a wide uh, variety of trust that all of the elders demonstrate. I could imagine what it would be like to be in a job and have thirteen bosses. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. kind of a kind of a strange thing to have thirteen different bosses. Maybe some people do. I don't know. If you well, do, yeah. I feel bad for you. Them. I mean, there are churches where uh, where elders get it, try to get involved in telling the staff how to run their ministry, and I've never, right. I don't think I've ever heard a story where that went well. Right, right, because they're they're not present sufficiently enough to yeah. know everything they would need to know to do that effectively. See, yeah. that's where I wish everybody could be me. I really do. I know I know everybody would hate it, but <laughs> if everybody could be me and they could literally see elders 
like championing championing yeah. like the ministers um <laughs> i've never had to slap a, an elder's hand saying hey listen like that was you, you're overstepping yeah, back your off, man. I, i'm not had, in 13 years i've not had anything like that so when i'm interviewing people like you steve to come on staff or when i'm talking to joe about becoming an elder um although i don't remember joe asking this or you even asking the specific question so who are the real power play people in the church um I hope we don't have that. Mm-hmm. I hope mm-hmm. that as Joe is describing this lifting up Christ, that not we couldn't that we couldn't do that better. But it 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 avoids any kind of power play situation on the elder board or on our staff. And I pray to God that it's never me either. And it it does it takes trust, but it also takes a tremendous amount of humility. I'll give you an instance. There was an elder a number of years ago. He's still on the board. I won't say who it is because it was Terry Carpenter. And he had some thoughts and some opinions about one of our ministries. And I appreciated his humility because he was trying to be careful as an elder. to mm-hmm. doesn't want to overstate it. And I looked at him, and I just loved his heart about it. And I said, so let me see if I can get this straight. Like becoming an elder has now made you less comfortable with oh, voicing yeah. some of your con- yeah. and I, but I loved his heart about it. I mean mm-hmm. that's the part he said, "Listen, I just don't want to overstep." Mm-hmm. And I said to him, I said, "Listen, I I love that so much about you and I hope we all have that. I want you to also to be bold and to share some of your convictions and maybe walk in and talk to a particular minister and say, "Hey, here are some things that I kind of, you know, would like to see." And I just really appreciated his hesitancy on that issue because he didn't want to overstep. Mm-hmm. Those are the kind of elders. They have passionate ideas. They have passionate um, beliefs about what should happen. But because of their humility and because of their trust, they're willing to to, to let go of some of those things. And, and moving into an elder role, they clearly have a say, but they also recognize the weight mm-hmm. of, of how they might say it now. I just that, – that moment really meant a lot to me. I knew I was at a good church when it's that in, happened. It's inspiring. Joe, Joe yeah. that? And, well, yeah. Jim's given a specific example of Terry, and I've been on the I've been an elder for almost five years now, and that happens frequently. Yeah, and it's not just Terry, yeah, yeah, and it's right. not it's not to say that we don't ask questions, and it and it's not that um, we're we're trying to to get at something. Um, it is you know, hey, this is kind of what I saw or what I heard, and I want to unpack this, and can you kind of help me understand this? And we don't always agree. Around the table in, in sure. the elder meetings, sure. and, and it's you know, but at the end of the meeting, we all still love Jesus, and we all still love each other, and we all want what uh, His will is for the church. But you know, I think it's okay for us to, um, in, and I, I think it goes back to accountability. I think yeah. those questions, um, you know, questions need to be asked. Uh, we shouldn't assume or presume that we know all the answers uh, based That's on what I see or hear. Part of the protection role. That is the protection is to, role. Is to ask questions. That is the protection yep. role. And, and going back to what Drew was talking about, where this the trust exists, I know from the staff's perspective, I am shocked at how many ministers who will come and visit and sit in on a staff meeting don't have that. They don't spend time with the other staff members at the church. They don't build relationships internally. They're kind of stranded on their own on an island of ministry within a silo within their organization. And, and it is sadly, I think, rare to find. Yeah, it is. But our staff loves being together. We enjoy <laughs> each other. Uh, we look forward to staff retreats just because being together 
is a joy. Well, and I'll tell you, I don't know if it'll fit in another question, but here's the other thing that I love is I'll say this to the elders quite a bit, and I'll say it to the staff. I'll say to the elders, you need to take, you know, Zane is a recent addition. Mm -hmm. I'll say to the elders, you need to take Zane out for lunch. Like you need to, um, and I don't worry about that. I don't worry about what if Zane tells them that I'm not doing a good job or what if, there's none of that. I mean, I just can't, I just, I get goosebumps when I think about it. Mm -hmm. I'm constantly telling the elders, man, if you want to know what's going on, check out their ministry. And then I know that when Joe is expressing a concern in a children's ministry, which he's worked in for years, he's been a tremendous value to, to Julie and now then to Morgan and now to Zane. Like his, even his comments in the elders meeting mean a whole lot more because this isn't something somebody's heard about. Joe's involved in that. And yep. we've got elders involved in all those ministries. And, and I think about Drew uh, Henderson here. Drew's relationship with Mark Thomas, who's another one of our elders in their life group, you know, I know, I know, I know both ministers, lead ministers, and other elders that are so nervous about those things. So, how do you feel about Drew Henderson being really close to one of the elders? You think that's? I think it's great. Mark Thomas is a phenomenal guy, and so going back to the trust piece, I think it's great when I'm in an elders meeting and Mark Thomas starts talking about the love he has for our family ministry leader, Drew Henderson. I just, to me, that just warms my heart. And there's a kind of protection that comes not in this oversight, but it comes in genuine loving Mm -hmm. one another. There's a protection that comes by knowing one another and caring for one another. So, and I think for the staff to be protected, you need to be trustworthy. You know that trust. It's not just the blank here. We trust you. No matter what you do, and I think we always have responsibility, staff ministers that we be trustworthy mm-hmm. and then what we do we so, love approach yeah it's biblical yep so okay third question many of us love the fact that we live in a democracy we're you know proud americans and whatnot uh, and something about that, I think, just seems fair, right? One person, one vote. Everybody, ha- everybody has a voice. Yeah. Uh, Representation by population. Yes, it's it's. We love the idea of being egalitarian and making sure everybody has a voice, at least in theory. So why don't we vote as a church on big things? And and related to that, how do we allocate authority like within the church? How how does authority work? Yeah, I think I think one of the things that you know that we 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 have as a kind of our very core. We have a plurality of elders, so there's not an elder, there's not a CEO. So I'm one of I'm one of many, um, uh, even on staff. I'm one of many. I may lead, but I'm one of many, and we see that in the Bible. We see uh, just God in His wisdom. Apparently, again, we're trying to read into it a little bit that a Paul appointed elders to lead, and so we look at that, and so we're trying to model that the plurality of elders. Mm-hmm. So when we look at the Scripture, we really do genuinely feel like most of this is already spoken to. So a lot of the voting issues, um, recently we, um, we, we bought a building across the street. It was an mm-hmm. elder's decision that, that they made, and the elders came together and thought about it and reflected on it, and then we made the decision. And one of our people said, you know, I've never been prouder to be a part of a church that did that. He said, at the previous church that I've been around, I laughed when I heard this. He said, we would have talked about that for three years, set up five committees to decide not to do it. And that was, I'm just mm-hmm. glad I'm a part of a church that doesn't do that. Um, and I really appreciated that aspect of it because uh, just think of our context, and I think it's never been more apparent. I love to ask people, do you want to vote um, because you believe it'll bring greater consensus or greater division? 
think about where we are in America. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I'm not against voting for the political pro- in, in the political process. I'm not against democracy, but I just want to ask a question: Like, is that the best way that the church should function? Is that what Jesus, the example that Jesus gave us, or the example that Paul gave us? And so, I think it's probably the best possible option to run a government. It does not appear to be the biblical way in which we make decisions. Mm-hmm. And so basically we, we look at the scriptures where faithful men have been entrusted with the mission of the church, and then we as a body trust those elders to make those decisions, and that's the protection piece. Um, so for that reason, we, we don't believe voting uh, I love to po- I love to point out the two votes I know of in the Bible were the ten spies versus the two spies, and they got that one wrong. And then they voted for Barabbas over Jesus. <laughs> so every time people vote in the Bible, they get it wrong. And so I kind of using that jokingly, mm-hmm. saying, that, I'm, "Do you want us to vote on everything?" I mean, and I don't mean that. I mean doctrinally, do we vote about whether or not what we believe, or has the Bible already spoken? So one of the reasons why we don't vote is because we believe that in all of major ins- issues. There isn't really a voting option. It's decided for us, so to speak. So I know we're in the middle of a eldership process, Joe. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'd be good for you to share a little bit about kind of how we do that elder thing. We are. We're right in the middle of that. By the way, the Israelites stayed in the wilderness 37 more years after the, the, <laughs> after they blew the vote. After yeah. they blew the vote, yeah, yeah. by yeah. the way. Yeah. Um, we are. And this, the, the elder group, uh, the plurality of elders, that's, that's a bit of a dynamic process. It's... Um, uh, when I came on uh, to, with the group of men, there were 12 or 13, many of which had served for decades. Over the last two or three years, um, a couple have uh, stepped down as well. Uh, Larry Zirkel, who yeah. decades and decades faithfully served as an yeah. elder and still continues to serve in our church. Oh, in many ways. Uh, but just not on the elder board. And then uh, uh, more recently, Terry Carpenter, who he's been an elder here almost ever since I started coming here in 1999, I think. So he's been an elder at least 15 years and, and probably more than that. But uh, um, over time, it becomes necessary to uh, consider additional men to come on to the group of elders, to come on to the board of elders. And so we're actually in that process right now. And uh, that's been a several month process. I think we've talked about it for the better part of a year and a half, but we actually um, begin to um, move forward in earnest really in probably January or February, February. this year, uh, where uh, a list of names were compiled uh, from uh, the group of elders. Uh, consideration was given to each of those men. Um, that, uh, in turn, was uh, uh, that number was was decreased, winnowed down, down a little bit from from that con- those initial conversations, and we're in the process. In fact, tomorrow night uh, we're going to have uh, conversations with each of those now five men that are. Uh, we're considering uh, to have joined the number, joined the, the group of men. And so there will be a, uh, a time of examination in sure. front of the church after that. I don't know if that's two weeks. Is that yeah, two weeks? Two, two, three weeks from Two, now. three weeks. I mean, make sure, sure everybody's there so and they're all presented. that stuff. So, yeah, they'll be presented to the, to the body. Presented to the church, right, make sure that there's not any uh, questions, concerns, uh, anything from a from a biblical examination standpoint that uh, that we need to be aware of, and then uh, hopefully those men will be, be joining our, our numbers. And if there's any concern, 
right? In terms of who leads the church, I mean, the Bible is the one that set the standard. Right. And so if someone has a concern about one of these men, or even one of our men that are currently serving, or wh- one whether of our, or not they meet the biblical standard yeah, for they, an whether they meet the yeah. biblical standard. So instead of just voting, I really think Steve would be better than Drew, or I really don't. No, no, no. It's, it's We're not voting on this. Paul has already clearly stated that these leaders need to be above reproach. And if you know a reason why they're not, then we need to know that. And if you know a reason why they are, then we want to be affirmed in that. I mean, mm-hmm. I loved the fact that when Joe and I think five came on around the same time as you. Mm-hmm. Um, five including me. Five mm-hmm. including you. So mm-hmm. when they came on, what I loved was there, there wasn't all of this, man, let me tell you why they shouldn't be. There was a lot of a lot of affirmation that came from it. Man, I'm so glad. I mean, I'm so glad so-and-so is going to be an elder, and this is going to be a, a very encouraging time. I'm so glad we're um, in a very faithful way. They, this country loves to brag about the fact that whenever there is a government transition that it's done peacefully. Have you, you noticed that, mm-hmm. right? Even though there was a lot of problems, you know, we would even say, wow, look at the peaceful transfer of power. And you're right. There are a lot of churches where there are power plays. And I love the fact that our elders are – not trying to stay on as long as they possibly can, and uh, yeah, so we're in that we're in that process right now, and it's it's kind of a neat situation. You, you do have one qualification that is not explicitly biblical, although you might it might be rooted in a biblical principle, and that is if you're not willing to fire Jim Johnson, you can't be an elder. <laughs> talk, talk about that a little bit. Well, I mean, I just I, I, can't I know look, you say that jokingly, but I, I, but I also I, think you're quite serious. Yeah, about no, it. actually, I I I I say it jokingly, but I mean it seriously. Yes. Like most much of what I say, um, you know, when I came here, they had just asked the lead pastor to go, and I knew him. I knew I knew Kent well, um, or reasonably well, and uh, uh, without knowing absolutely everything. I was actually drawn to a group of elders that were able to make a really tough decision. I mean, mm-hmm. it was not easy. Paul in his sermon, Paul Weiss in his sermon mm-hmm. on Sunday mentioned the difficulty, got kind of emotional when he was describing that and said, man, I'm, I'm, I appreciate the elders of this church and the fact that they were able to make a tough decision, even though it was difficult, right? And so I really appreciated that. Um, so when I came here, I had to ask that, I had to ask them the same question. Would you guys be willing to, to let me go? I mean, it's just one of those things where I never want you to turn a blind eye. I mean, I will be, I will stand before Jesus Christ, and um, by his grace, I'll be, I believe I will be um, uh, well done, my good and faithful servant. I believe that in a gracious act. He'll say that to me. But Paul says in 1 Corinthians that our ministries will be tested. And um, he's got some descriptions in that text that makes me very, very clear. Like, I want Joe to be challenging me. I want Joe to be protecting me from myself sometimes. And so, I mean, yeah, when we have these interviews on t- tomorrow night, I'll ask each of them, could you fire Jim Johnson? Mm-hmm. Because if they can't, and sadly enough, I guess this is my joke also, is that they, they seem to be rather excited about the possibility <laughs> that usually, oh, yeah, I could fire you. We need to yeah. do that tonight. Is that, is, that something cake, we, yeah, is that something we – but that's kind of where we're coming from. And I think that kind of flows back, Steve, to the first two questions you asked is, is Jim Johnson in charge of the church? And the answer is no. There's an accountability right. – that goes with his position of leadership. And then also, um, with respect to the second question on um, staff-led elder protected, uh, you know, that's that's where that comes from, that uh, our our plurality of elders, one of our responsibilities and the thing that we're accountable to, to this church and to God the Father, is that if Jim does – 
become a false teacher or if he does go down a path that is not led by the spirit then it's our responsibility to um there's a process of course of of discipline and and uh review but uh if it if we have to do that then we we take that responsibility seriously so i would say uh, what what we've said is that we don't when we look for new elders we don't have a vote on the elders we I guess you'd say we have like a period of examination yeah. by the elders themselves, by actually the congregation as a whole. Yes. Uh, which I, for the record, agree with. I think that is the way that we need to do this. <laughs> um, I did, though, last week I was, did an, an ordination of a young woman, mm-hmm. and uh, I was ordained. I've been a part of ordinations, not necessarily led one, and I thought, you know, I need to I need to do some more thinking about ordination hmm. and what this really means. And so as I was looking through kind of specifically the New Testament, the word it's ordained sometimes in English. A lot of times it's like you said, appointed when appointed. it comes to um, leaders in the church or set apart. Set is apart. Word. Uh, you look at passages like um, Acts 13, Barnabas and Paul set apart for service, fasting, prayer, uh, church's confirmation, God's call, working of the Holy Spirit. Acts 6, leaders set apart, appointed to serve the needs of the church. 2 Corinthians 8, 19, Titus, appointed by the church. So we see that that actually happened. Yep. The question is, how did that happen? And is it because we lack some of that information that we have, of, like not necessarily just our church, but different church traditions may have different ways of doing this? And if that is true, is voting always wrong? within the church when it comes to appointing leaders. I guess we would say not necessarily. We've just chosen not to do it that way. Yeah. I, okay. I would, yeah, that my, my opinion would be I don't think I don't think doing it is it is extra biblical is what it sure. is. Yeah. I mean, so we're trying to the best of our ability to do it right. in what we read to be a biblical fashion. Right. Um, but yeah, um, I, I know lots of churches that vote on absolutely everything and they're not then completely outside of the will and the plan and the purposes of right. God and not under the direction of the Holy Spirit. I don't think that at all. Um, I, I just think it's an added problem. Yeah. I think it adds a layer of difficulty to the overall structure of the church. Again, I, I believe that for the most part, the, the New Testament describes a church that is simply run, and it is simply run by the Word, uh, by the Word of, of Christ and by the guiding of the Holy Spirit. And so um, I guess I know that there's going to be a downside to this, but that's where, to me, less is more. And I, 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 I have personally, as I read the Scriptures, resisted the development of a bureaucratic system to um, somehow accomplish the mission of the church. Mm-hmm. So I know that that comes with maybe some other concerns that people have. So how do you make sure that Jim stays as a doctrinal a straight arrow? How do you make sure that? No, I get it. There's a there's a downside to uh, the lack of our bureaucracy as well. I I like it, mm-hmm. and I and I believe it's scriptural. So that's kind of where I would trust go. is always the key issue too. We yeah. trust leaders mm-hmm. that we have appointed yeah. that have been mm-hmm. examined. Yeah, sure. And. Just kind of a follow up to what you were saying, Jim. You know, and I, I was thinking about this, and I put some thoughts down on paper. And, and it, one of the thoughts was, if if the church was governed like a democracy, then our members would have a vote. <laughs> and if our members had a vote, then they could utilize that, use that vote to exercise control. Yeah. And I don't think that's healthy at all. I don't think any of us would think that that would be would be healthy. Right but thing. you know, a key question for me with church governance is. Uh, 
not what's on the mind, what is the mind of the members of the body, mm-hmm. but what is the mind of Christ? Mm-hmm. And so um, through our governance that we've kind of unpacked over the last few minutes with respect to the group of elders, the staff, the leadership, the protection that comes with that, then um, those decisions aren't decisions to be made lightly. Well, it's interesting because we don't even really vote as elders within the elder board. We don't. We don't have a vote. We have a, okay, what do you guys think? And sometimes there'll be one person, he's not holding anything out, but he's like, yeah, I don't know about this. And we, we, we then talk about it. So, and then talk about it and talk about it and talk about it. You mm-hmm. know what? In staff situations, we don't vote. Okay, right. do we want to do this or do we want to do that? We're willing to do the hard work at, the, at every level of avoiding, uh, avoiding the voting process. It just seems like whenever it comes down to a vote, then there can always be um, – there's a greater likelihood of a, divi- a divisive spirit. It's more the Japanese decision-making model than the Western democracy model. Yeah. Right? It's, build, it's building consensus yes. mm-hmm. to set yes. direction. That mm-hmm. really is what we do. Yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's exactly right, Steve. In fact, there was a recent example where <laughs> we were – and I don't even remember what the topic at hand was, but there was one elder that had some questions, uh, and the other eight or nine in the room uh, – it was my opinion that everybody was kind of on the same page except this one individual and we didn't just call it good because eight of the nine agreed you didn't just bully him no I mean, you no not and at he all didn't, and he didn't hold us in he didn't hold us in as a hostage right, right. i mean right. you get right. the tyranny of the majority or the tyranny of the minority yeah. right but in the end we're like no 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 nobody the majority don't get to push their will on the minority don't get to we're going to work this out and it ended up being another 45 minutes or an hour kind of unpacking that, <laughs> yeah. which we were all happy to do yeah, and, and glad to do to, to come to a degree of consensus but you, but that, uh, at that the end of that discussion. a lot about the attitude and character of those yeah. serving as elders because it requires patience, tenacity, sure. commitment. And if you're not patient with that process, it will be difficult to serve as an elder. Mm-hmm. I, I remember one time, um, you know, this was around the time, maybe a year or two after there had been a difficult dismissal of the lead pastor and uh one of our one of our people that works as a uh, administrative assistant here on staff knew that i was out of town and then found word that some of the elders were meeting and 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 she quasi freaked out and she's like so what's going on and jim's out of town and why are the elders meeting and you know she really got concerned and so i heard about it later and i kind of just laughed and she's like, "Hey, did you know the elders were meeting?" I'm like, uh, "Sure." And we have sub we have subgroups that get together all the time. Yeah. And and honestly, we have elders meetings, and I'm not able to make it, or Joe's not able. To, I mean, the beauty of this is that then nobody actually holds it. Sometimes it's hard for them to have elders meetings if I'm not going to be there because a lot of the information isn't able it to be. To it has to come through me right. in terms of the the liaison. But there have been instances where it's like, guys, listen, uh, I'll write up a report and I'll send it in and then you guys just take it. And any decision these guys make, I'm more than glad to, um, to go alongside of. And I, I love that. I love to tell, um, especially those that may, may, may worry about this. And I, I'll say this to everybody who can hear. If these men, um, and I, I, I know them well, if these elders, and I think they would actually probably do it in connection with our staff, if they asked me to leave, I would leave. I swore to the elders, and I'd love to be held to this. If these guys want me to go, I won't make it hard for them because I know they couldn't get it wrong. It may hurt. It may just be painful, and I don't know. I'd probably ask if I could still come to the church, to be honest with you. But if they asked me to step away, I mean, I would do it. And I want – I mean, I make it, I'll, I'll say that publicly because I want to be held to that. I know these guys. I know you guys. Mm-hmm. 
if I if I need to step out of the way, or if any of us need to step out of the way, um, I, I mean, I, like I said, I think it would be hard. Um, my wife wouldn't let me fight that. My parents wouldn't let me fight that. The Holy Spirit, I don't think, would let me fight that. Um, that's where I get to forget about Jim running the church. That's where I have to submit to the the same elders that we're asking everybody to submit to here mm-hmm. in the church. May the Lord help us love the church more than ourselves. Amen. Especially at times like that. Yep. Yep. Any final thoughts you guys want to share before we wind it up? Good having Joe here. Yes, it is. That's kind Thanks of fun. for having He's me. So articulate. I would normally oh. be at work right now. So, <laughs> like I said, I'm happy elder, to be here. Elder extraordinaire. Well, I'm going to say this because I, I'm going to. I want. I want people to hear this. I remember talking to Joe and kind of asking him what he loved about. Um, or about the idea of possibly being an elder. What are you? What are you? Could you be excited about? And Joe said something, and I and I know he's not the only one. He may, he mentioned just a love for ministers, um, and I think we get treated so well here. So it's not like, man, I need you, and Joe, because we're not treated well. Um, I've always been, and as a staff, Drew, you always sure. love to talk about how grateful you are. Um, it's just been neat to see someone like Joe kind of step up and say, man, I just, I want to care for it. That's one of the things he said he wants to bring to the table is I want to make sure that our uh, that our ministers are loved and cared for and supported. That's a kind of protection that sometimes we can um, overlook. Mm-hmm. And it's more than just, hey, October is Minister Appreciation <laughs> Month. Yeah. It's, it's Joe and Shauna, his wife, does a phenomenal job just loving and caring for us and praying for us mm-hmm. and all of that. So kudos to uh to joe ogle for leading well and joining us in this podcast amen appreciate that thanks Thanks. for coming all right it's all good listen if you have any questions about uh, decision making or send them to me because i'm in charge (laughs) jim's large and in charge uh (laughs) you can email them to steve at sunnybrookcc.org we'll make sure and get an answer or hey come find one of us in the lobby on a sunday uh, we're happy to talk with you about any questions you have, right? Yeah. It's not a hidden process, even though it's not a public process. It's not a we're not hiding the process. Yeah. Uh, so we're we're glad to to share with you uh, anything for, with me about the worship ministry and how that works. Whatever, I love to talk about it. So if that email doesn't go through, I would go the dream manager at sunnybrookcc.org. <laughs> second email. <laughs> Who does that go get to? That too. Well, it goes. It, pro, it, it, I, I it forwards there. it to private gym. I want to be their dream manager. <laughs> we could only dream. You know, and you, you you said something about an email, Steve. And it was I was thinking about this Didn't as we Steve end this was. Podcast? I was thinking of this as Steve was, or as Jim was talking about how elders discuss and come to consensus and mm-hmm. things like that. We have the advantage of 21st century technology mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. now. Uh, you know, I can be reached anytime, anywhere, any time of day or night on my cell phone. Uh, we try not to have too lengthy of a drawn-out uh, discussion via email, but if um, in order to communicate with us, Jim is very good about emailing or texting us. Uh, it, there has been a couple of times where guys were out of town, on mission, on for work, et cetera, and, and a decision needed to be made, and so we've been able to use that technology. <laughs> that's so yeah. That's one thing we have that uh, Paul and Timothy and Titus didn't. didn't so, didn't. yeah. Yeah. That's like a, that's like a, what do you, they call it when you have like an extra edition? That's kind of like a little bit longer. The podcast. Extended the remix. Extended, extended mix. That's it. Yes. EP. Extended play. EP. Well, B-side. <laughs> B-side for Steve's generation. Yes. That's true. Oh. Well, it's been fun, guys. Thank you.